Hey you, welcome to Tea Talk, a space to share the therapy tea. I'm Shailene, your host, and I hope you'll join me each week as we sit down to share tips, stories, and conversations on getting better emotionally, recovering from trauma, and improving your overall quality of life. I want to remind everyone that even though podcasts can feel therapeutic, they are definitely not a replacement for therapy. Please, at any point, if you feel the need to take a break because the content is too heavy, please do that and take care of yourself. Also, if you're loving this podcast, please do me a favor and leave me a review, share your reflections with me on Instagram and share it with a friend who needs to hear it. All right. So I'm ready. You're ready. And we're friends now. So go ahead and sit down, cozy up, and let's get ready for today's episode. All right. So today's guest is Maureen Warbach. And for the group practice owner people, I mean, she's a pretty big celebrity, pretty big deal. So I'm sure most of you know who she is on the side of being an entrepreneur. She's the one that most people go to when they are trying to figure out how to run their group practice. Um, But today she's showing up in a much different way. And I just want to shout her out because I know that she's a little bit anxious. (laughs) right now. So I want to officially welcome you. Hi, Maureen. How are you doing today in life, in the season? How are things with you? Hey, Shailene. I am doing well. I'm super nervous because as most people who do know me in my personal life and in business know that I'm pretty, I hold things to myself for the most part and and present as like this vessel of information more so than things about me. So when you asked me to do this, I was like very enthusiastic initially. You and now were. That it's happening, you were I'm so nervous. <laughs> you were so enthusiastic, and I was surprised. You immediately were like, "I'm ready to share. I'm I'm all in." And I was like, "Cool." And then you were like, "Also really fucking nervous." And I'm like, "That's totally okay." So we're just naming it. We're acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay. So the reason that I had reached out to Maureen specifically about coming on Tea Talk is you had shared a post about what was going on in your personal life. And it was a post that kind of painted a lot of a lot of marks on a timeline that seemed like pretty big events. So you were married for, I think it said 16 years, mm-hmm. got a divorce, and also in that time came out as lesbian, correct? Mm-hmm. So lots of really big changes all happening at once. And I don't know how other people respond to you, me being someone who knows you professionally forward, And just seeing like, wow, she's going through a lot. You also had this big injury of your foot that was pretty gnarly. I remember catching that. It was a scooter accident, I think. (laughs) Yes. I saw the photos. (laughs) I am still, this is like six, seven months later, and I'm still getting injections in my foot. So that's Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it was a lot of big things. But I wonder how were people responding to you from my seat? Like the people who professionally knew you what was like the feedback that you were getting on sharing all of these big things? I have gotten nothing but positive feedback. I feel like I, I think I present as like scary to people. So I don't, I don't get a lot of, most people aren't reaching out to me and saying anything. It's mostly people who have met me personally as well Mm -hmm. in, in the business world who kind of reached out to me on the side and they already either knew or sort of were observing what was going on in my life and kind of put two and two together. Yeah. And so that's great that the over like the response of the people who did reach out was really supportive. Yeah. What about in your family life? 
I'm just like, how did this, how did these things happen? Like in the order, how did you navigate all of that at one time? I mean, God, um, I have no idea. I mean, okay. You asked two questions. One, my family, all very positive and, and good. So nothing, nothing bad there. And how I figured it out. I, it, I feel like that is the most complicated part of the whole thing because I had identified as bi probably since I was um, in my like mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, heteronormativity, I was like, well, I'm married to a dude. So that doesn't really mean anything. Right. And so, you know, Steve was the only one that knew about that and like one or two close friends because it felt like I'm not really a part of the LGBTQ community because I'm with a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't like hold much weight in my life. And I think, you know, it took me till almost 26, 27 to figure that out, even though there were a hundred things that happened in my life since I was a kid that all point to that, you know, direction of being a lesbian. But, mm-hmm. you know, I went to Catholic everything. I'm going to be 40 next year. So my like upbringing that time of of our life was not the most open. And so I just didn't know. I, I it's one of the things that I've been kind of dealing with the past year or so is feeling like a like a big idiot. Like how did I not know this about myself, you know, to be almost 40 and then now just figuring it out. But yeah, so it, like August last year was when we separated. And I had read the thing that broke the camel's back was Glennon Doyle's newest book. Do you know um, Untamed? Untamed. It it I finished that, that and I was like, really well, does I'm things a lesbian. to people. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I am so not one that like I, I am not very sentimental. I um, you know, things don't external things don't, you know, bring up like these huge things for me usually. And I finished that book and I just Steve, um, and I wanna say he's my best friend, like still to this day. We bought him a house you know, a few doors down from me. We literally live a couple doors down on the same side of the street. I know. I, I see you see- guys hanging out. Like, oh, yeah. We hang out with both your partners. You guys with both have partners. new partners oh, yeah. and you're hanging out, going to the brewery, all of those things. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, yeah. And him and I have our TV show still that we watch together when our partners aren't around. And yeah. So uh, he had, you know, said for a long time, you just let me know when you know you're a lesbian. It was like he knew <laughs> before me. Um, and I, I don't know if it was so much that I just had internalized homophobia, a fear of change. I don't like the spotlight in any sort of way, which is why I don't share a lot about myself. And it felt mm-hmm. like a very dramatic thing to get a divorce when I was, yeah, I still love him. You know, he's my best friend and family. And it. Ju- I just was in the space of like, I could just stay married forever. And like, you know, I very flawed thinking of like, most women who've been married for a long time don't want to have sex with their husbands anyways. So like, who cares? Just kind you of know? rationalizing I, things I, that you yes, felt like were yeah. probably flags or yeah. signs of maybe we should be moving on to something different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I read that book and it kind of just, I was like almost defeated and like depressed about it. I was like, I don't, I, I'm so, such a supporter, but I don't, I don't want to be in the club. <laughs> you know, that was yeah. how my initial thought was because it just was like, this is like way too scary. I'm way too old for this. You know, so that was kind of the beginnings of that. And, you know, Steve was there to help me and continues to be there to like be my biggest supporter in that as we navigate the the, the new normal and like our kids navigating that new normal as well. Yeah. What was it about? What sticks out for you about the book Untamed that 
was the thing that you couldn't get out of your head? I don't even know. It was just, it wasn't a specific story. I think part of it was like her talking about the first time she gets to see Abby in the hotel. Like, do you know, did you read the mm-hmm. book? Yep. Okay. I, I think that was the start of it. And I like, I, I don't know why it just like brought something up of like ex- exciting or whatever. Yeah. And so, and it, but it was very like not super significant. It just felt like, oh, that just kind of, I, I don't know. Something, it just something happened something there. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't, I don't know. It was not any particular part. I just remember closing the book and I was like, you just need to like get over this morning and it is what it is, you know? Wow. Do you feel like, I guess what I remember, I read that book probably in 2020. So it's been a little bit since I I read it. But what I remember about that part was her kind of going from this place where she felt like she was just kind of living on autopilot. And then when she got the chance to be with her, it was kind of like there was a part of her that came alive. Yeah. And so I'm wondering for you, especially now that you're in this place of figuring it out, but looking back at some of it, you said that there were times that you ignored and different things that you rationalized. But I'm wondering just about your mental health in general before coming out and deciding to part ways with your husband and now Mm -hmm. and what you've noticed has shifted for you. I got the diagnosis of dysthymia like when I was very young. And I feel like I sometimes think about whether me having to push that part down played a role in that because I remember always thinking like I'm an outsider. I like didn't have the greatest, I don't have any really great memories of my childhood or upbringing, even though my family is great, but just with peers and stuff. And so I feel like I, one of the things that I did a lot was try to present in a way that would get me to not be made fun of or to have people like me. And so, mm -hmm. and so I just think I, that was another thing I remember now in the book is like, she says something about the tiger, right? Right. The cheetah. cheetah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like, I am so not that I'm the most boring, like lacking, uh, like creativity in the personal sense. Like I'm creative in artistic sense and all that, but like my life isn't very creative. It's very generic and like predictable, I guess. And, mm-hmm, typical, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until, yeah, after, I mean, after we divorced, and it took a long time. I mean, I still like have moments where I, I feel like, like I ruined our family structure, sort of, mm-hmm. you know, even though the everyone is super happy. The kids have the best of both worlds in a way because they can run back and forth between our houses and mm-hmm. um, all, you know, we're always hanging out anyways. But I do know that I have felt a lot happier in many ways about just who I am and how I like navigate the world now. And mm-hmm. I know Steve has mentioned that a couple of his friends have said, like gone up to him and said, like, look at her. She looks so different. And sometimes I don't have that awareness of like what I was like before versus now, you know? Sure. Um, and I know he's brought it up, like how different I just present in the world um, and in such a positive way and more authentically and all that jazz. Yeah. So he's telling you, let me know when you're ready. Let me know when you're ready. He's kind of mm-hmm. saying this to you. Yeah. So what happened when you had the, like the conversation? How I know he's been really supportive. Mm-hmm. And you said that you've had moments of, it sounds like grief, like things mm-hmm. have changed and it's not the same thing. It's not what I expected. Yeah. How is that from him? He was someone who 
I would always say he was like obsessed with me. This is a joke, but he like loved me so much. Like, mm-hmm. like most people would, this is what they want from their partner, you know? Right. Um, and so I had said, I, you know, didn't want a divorce. Again, it was the internalized homophobia, the, I don't, you know, how the world will, will perceive me piece. I had been with men my whole life. So I'm like, I, I can just do it. Like I know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And it was him that the day we had that conversation, he said, we need to get a divorce because I want you to feel the feel because I love him, but I want you to feel the type of love I felt for you. I want, I want to see you feel that for someone. And I remember being like, that is like the nicest oh thing a person can say. I know it's like super like sweet and loving and sad, you know, at the same time, but that's what he said. And, um, so then we move forward. Oh, I'm all glazy. That was yeah. really such a selfless thing to say and yeah. the most loving thing that he could have done. And so, and you were just going to kind of like, I'll just keep doing what I've been doing, but I wanted to let you know. And yeah, well, because I loved everything else about our relationship, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so hard. So mm-hmm. I'm curious about just kind of following what tends to be the timeline for people coming out in different stages, you know, coming out maybe to their partner and then to some select friends, family. Yeah. What about your kids? So they were the first people we told. Um, so we waited. We separated in August of last year and we ended up getting divorced in um, January of this year. So like you know, 10 months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we waited the couple months because of tax. For tax reasons, waited till January. But we separated in um, August and then um, he stayed in the house and we waited because we both knew we were very intentional that we were going to not have the typical type of divorce and that we were going to continue to be family that like, you know, my, my family is his family. My parents are like his parents. He's really close to my family. And and that wasn't going to change like our holiday parties. He's still going to, he's come with his girlfriend to a holiday stuff already. That's his family parties are just my family. And so we were very intentional that we would have to work on working through our grief while working through the change of our relationship because we've been together since college. And he was actually my first boyfriend in first grade. Um, Like we've known each other forever. Yeah. Holy Um, crap. So we waited until a house opened up um, on my block. We, We were looking at a couple houses before and we got this Perfect one, a few houses down. And so it took a couple of months from when we separated. He was still staying at the house. The kids didn't know. And we waited until that house went in escrow. And we knew that nothing was going to like fall through the cracks. And that's when we told the kids. And then we were like, let's walk you. Let's walk past the house so you can see. It's like literally a few doors down. And so that's how it started. And then I waited a few months after that to tell the kids that I was gay because Part of me didn't want them to blame me for it, even though telling them three months later, they put two and two together and they they, they knew. Right. And they were they're just both just, you know, this generation is very different. So they're both like think it's a it's a cool thing, you know, and <laughs> are are like my mom and her girlfriend every to everyone <laughs> about things. And um yeah. So my my parents were the first people we told when we decided to get divorced, Steve and I invited uh, my parents over to my house and we sat and uh, out in the yard right over here. And we told them that we were getting a divorce. And um, my mom said, is it because you're gay? 
Oh my <laughs> and gosh. And I was like, what? And this is part of my, like, uh, as I've told, you know, friends and, and everything, like nobody's surprised, which kind of pissed me off. Cause I'm like, I was surprised. Like, how is nobody surprised by this? Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just this whole trying to bury it down type thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, so I told my parents and then um, when Steve got the house, we told the kids and then yeah, everyone else, I didn't tell anyone else really. I just let people tell people. I don't sure. know. This is where my own like, I don't talk about my stuff to people came back um, mm-hmm. or comes comes to play. That's just how I am. And and now not for shame reasons. I have you know no shame about about that. It's just, I feel like I've always been a person that keeps things to myself. So I just waited for everyone knows and mm-hmm. mainly because, you know, it just went down the line. I think it was a very big story for people is like, look at those two who've been married 16 years. And also she's a lesbian. Like that's a that's a, a thing people want to talk about. So right. I figured everyone's going to find out. Yeah. What do you – I mean, it sounds like there was definitely this level of intentionality when it came to – you read the book, you you had this kind of insight that you say was really surprising to you. And yet when you look back, you can kind of put those pieces together and mm-hmm. say, this makes sense. And now you have everyone who's known you really well in your life being like, okay, are you ready? Like, you know, this is the time and we're not surprised. And I'm just thinking about the moment where you said that you were telling Steve and you were ready to just kind of keep life as it was. And then he tells you, you know, I really want you to be able to have that kind of feeling. I just keep thinking at some point you chose yourself. Like you 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 made the decision to say okay, then I'm going to do this and I'm going to go through these things that have had I'm sure really hard moments but also really great moments in terms of how everyone's responding to you. I'm just wondering have you thought about that? I want to say that I can't really give myself a lot of credit <laughs> when it comes to what you're uh saying because Everything I feel like I did really was more reactionary. So mm-hmm. like Steve started dating and then mm-hmm. I was like, well, that makes me sad. So I should just like go. I should get, date you now. Know, <laughs> d- yes, because like I'm just going to sit here and be sad pants sad. about it. So right. like I um, didn't really do anything. I, I had said I'm never going to date anyone. Like I'm too old. Like all, all these lesbians are, are going to be like, there's all this – stuff that I learned about like late in life lesbians as they call them like Mm. there's a stigma I guess around that um and so I don't and I also am a perfectionist and I don't like to be new at things and so I was like Mm -hmm. I just forget it I don't don't even I don't need it so even still you were kind of resisting like oh yeah oh yeah oh no yeah no yeah and I was you know trying to convince Steve I was like I'm not even gonna date anyone so your whole thing of like me feeling the love you have like you feel for me it's not gonna happen Mm. so we should just stay together like literally resisting. And then, yeah, he, when he started, uh, well, I put him on a dating app thinking he wasn't going to find anyone so quickly, but he did. So (laughs) that is my fault. Um, And she's amazing. And I love her. And I couldn't have asked for a better person who gets to like, you know, hang out with my kids. But yeah, so that was kind of what started it. And I then was like, I just, okay, I'm going to see what's out there. And that's when I started going out there as well. And then, you know, a few months later, found Ashley. So it was more, it was more resisting choosing yourself. Like you were like, okay, I kind of feel like I don't even have choices anymore and I don't want to keep feeling like this. So I'm going to try and do something. But then was it as hard as you thought it was going to be? Um, it 
Well, it wasn't hard once I found Ashley, but it wasn't fun until I did. Like, I was yeah. like, this is not it. I thought, you know, women are so intuitive and they're, we're going to sit and just watch TV and talk <laughs> and all this stuff. And then I was like, this is just as bad. Like, I had people going all, you know, going up in my face and being really aggressively, like, forward. And I'm like, that's, like, but, you know, just dating. Just men. the like, scene of dating. Yeah, it's yeah. just not fun. Um, so I was like, well, this is dumb um but yeah it it, it, it ended it ended well <laughs> and that I feel like was then the, the you know the real start of me being able to like positively explore my mm-hmm. identity yeah I don't know I guess you know in hearing people's coming out stories they're also different they're also unique and mm-hmm. they all I mean there's a lot of things that could matter pending the context the support you know, that the person has, how accepting people are going to be. And I know prior to coming out, you've always been a, a pretty big advocate of the LGBT community. So I guess I'm wondering now that you've gone through it and now that you're on the other side in ways, so to speak, are there any pointers or tips that you can give to people who are struggling with the idea of coming out, things that they might consider now that you've been through it? I'll I'll say that my therapist was really helpful. Obviously, I had someone, um, I still um, work with her, but I've, for the past couple of years, I've had someone who specializes in working with the LGBTQ population. And she was really helpful in just normalizing everything because I really felt alone and like gross and I don't know, all, all the negative things about it. And so she was really helpful in that too. I, I don't know. I, I really feel like at the end of the day, the, the thing that did it was just like taking one little step and then the next step was not as uh, scary. And so I took the one little step of just even saying it out loud to myself. Like I remember thinking, I'm just going to say out loud to myself that I'm a lesbian. No one's going to hear it. And just saying it was like weird. Um, mm-hmm. But it was like after saying it, I felt like, okay, this is, doesn't feel wrong. You know, there's all these like memes and jokes of like if you're Googling am I lesbian, which I really fucking did, <laughs> that you are just one. Like just uh, – I, I tried every which uh, like quiz to, to tell me, nope, you're actually not. You're still bi. And I could be like, yes, I could stay married to Steve. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and um, yeah, I think it just like as I started talking to myself a little bit, out, literally out loud, it made it easier for me to then – say it to Steve. And I think that if, if I would have had a bad experience with Steve, I, I don't know that I would be where I'm at now with it. Sure. I think he's just, I, I just was with him for so long that I don't know anything else or I didn't know anything else. And so knowing that like he, he went to my first pride event with me, well, with his girlfriend and my girlfriend, but like mm-hmm. for my first pride event we did together, like he's just, I think makes it easier. And then that like everyone else is watching and then mm-hmm using him as their guide for, I guess, how they're going to interact and seeing how positive he is and how supportive he is, I think has made it easier for me and for everyone else around us to be like, this is good, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it all starting with, I love that, like just even saying it out loud to yourself, even if you don't have people to affirm that, working hard to affirm it within Mm -hmm. yourself and working hard to when I think of like acceptance, especially when we're accepting things that are really hard or really painful, I always think of like turning your face towards that hard thing. Mm -hmm. And by saying that to yourself, saying to yourself out loud, that does open the portal of being able to start to show yourself some compassion and not treat yourself like you're wrong or that you have to hide something about yourself. So that I really love. And then as you were just talking, I was thinking about the other thing that 
is happening that's a big deal is like in taking the steps that you've taken, and I know that a lot of them were kind of like pushed by Steve, you also, it, it just must have been really hard to feel like I'm leaving a good thing. Yeah. Like we're, we're great partners, we're great friends, mm-hmm. like all of these things are good, and yet it's still just not enough and reckoning with that. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's a, something that's really important to highlight because people get into boxes of thinking like, but this is how it should go, and so I should yeah. be happy. Right, right. I think especially if you've been with someone for a really long time, it feels like I have not, neither of us had dated in this new era of like apps and stuff. Like the last time, you know, either of us dated, it was with each other and it was, you know, we were 20. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like you just meet, you just go to a bar and you go up to them. So yeah. it just was it's so different now and it feels foreign. And yeah, I, I think it, that was something that was hard for both of us. And we just, I think we just acknowledged that like, or I at least acknowledge that I can, we can make this decision, but I could change it, you know, if mm-hmm. not uh, identity wise, but like right. the decisions we're making, maybe, you know, like I was like, maybe we, we do this, we see how it feels and we don't like it. And we choose to be like non-monogamous. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. I just remember thinking nothing is set in stone that can't be undone in some ways. Um, right. And so I think that made it also easier to just take the step that felt really scary. And obviously we see where that where that led us to like you know finding people that are better fits for us in that sort of way which feels really important to not being miserable and suffering through something because you and you talked about being a perfectionist which i mm-hmm. can totally relate to it's really easy to just be like but this is how it's supposed to go and even your choices to co-parent in the way that you are okay we're going to find you a house right down the street where mm-hmm. you're, we're going to keep doing family events together. Mm-hmm. In many ways, people might not see this as typical, but it doesn't matter no. because it works for us. People, and that's like so important. People did not believe. They were like, okay, yeah, you guys are going to be best friends. Sure. How cute. Yeah. Yeah. How cute. And I remember both of us being like mad, being like, it, I know it's just not the norm, but I remember us being a little annoyed that not one person thought that that was realistic. And now that we've been doing this there's no backwardsness that can happen at this point, you know, like we've right. been doing this and like all the hard things have, have really sort of happened, you know, bringing partners into it and all that stuff. And um, yeah, people are like, you guys did do what you said you were going to do. And like, we can see that you guys love each other still and like are, are just this really, we just keep saying we're like family and best friends. Like we tell mm-hmm. each other everything still, <laughs> like we like we we talk to each other through like dating and stuff initially mm-hmm. like it just i don't know we were very intentional about it and we said we yeah. were going to be open and honest and talk through any feelings that came up along that process which of course things came up and it wasn't always like like super rosy but we never left a hangout where we didn't talk it through and get to a better place and yeah i'm lucky for that yeah and not a lot I of mean, people get that yeah and i mean no secret to you know, when there's more than one person together, so any kind of friendship, relationship, whatever it is, that listening and communication go a really long way. Like, Mm -hmm. that's no secret. And I know that you are fortunate to be in the position, again, to have someone who's so supportive. Not everybody gets that. But I do just want to highlight that piece around taking small steps, even if it's just out loud to yourself, and mm-hmm. not getting locked into thinking that anything, whether it's you know your story of coming out, the decision to do it, how things will look before, during, or after, none of that has to be written or set for you. And the more that we try and 
fit into other people's boxes and lives, it really does just bring a lot more misery and suffering when we're already going through something that's really painful and hard. Yeah, exactly. Whew, big breath out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you feel how are you feeling now? Like you're putting this again, this is a lot of opposite action for you. Yeah. Putting this story out yeah. into the world in this more personal way. How do you mm-hmm. feel now? I I feel like every day feels a little bit better. I know I'm in such a, a much better place now than I have been probably in my whole life, uh, emotionally. Um, but I still notice every day me figuring new things out about myself. I have like this like level of freedom now, especially, you know, being in my own house, being able to make sort of decisions for myself. I mean, it, uh, not even just identity wise, but like not being in, in a marriage that I've been in since I was in my early 20s um, and having kids who are like old enough to really take care of themselves a lot of times. So I have right. a lot of freedom that I just realized I didn't have for such a long time. I'm learning myself again, which is great. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks so much for taking the time, but also being willing to come and share these parts of yourself with everybody, Mm -hmm. because I'm sure somebody out there is going to hear this and listen to it and feel a little bit more safe and seen and supported in making a really tough decision. So thank you for that. Let everybody know where they can find you in terms of where your areas of specialties are. Yeah. I do. I do want to say with, with you saying that, I remember thinking like, I wish I knew someone else who was like married to a dude who's been with them for a really long time, who's coming out mm-hmm. as a lesbian. Like I felt like I was the only person. And as soon as I said it, I, I had like three or four people who reached out who I know in the professional world or um, personal world who are feeling the same thing, but not at that place. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking like, oh, this is not that abnormal. Um, yeah. And, you know, even though I might not have had that, I was doing this by myself. Like it's nice. It's it was nice to know that it's it's something that it is happening. It just might not be as visible. Okay. That being said, you can reach me at the group practice exchange. I do all things related to helping people scale their group practices. So um, the group practice exchange.com is where you can find me or my Facebook group is the group practice exchange. Awesome. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next week. All right. That's today's episode, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Tea Talk. I hope that your cup of tea is full today and that you were able to pull something out of this for yourself. If you know someone that needs to hear this episode, please send it their way. And let me know what you're thinking by sending me a message on Instagram. I love hearing from you all. And make sure to follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And if you are loving what you're hearing, please leave me a review and a rating. It would mean so much. All right, friends, take good care and I will see you next time.